Gobble, gobble, homies. It's the 12... Ep- Ooh, God, let me restart that. Gobble, <laughs> <laughs> gobble, <laughs> homies. <laughs> I got to restart that. But it's the 12th, 12th, 12th episode of the Driving Pod. Not 12th. You're so focused on the gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble, homies. Okay, 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 okay. Here we go. <clears throat> this is the Drive-In Podcast, episode 12, take two. Gobble, gobble, homies. It's the 12th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. We have a lot on our plate today in this Thanksgiving episode of The Drive-In. Today, we discuss movie families you do not want to be spending Thanksgiving with. We review the Thanksgiving classic, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And we bring news from Wonder Woman 1984, Deadpool 3, and Black Panther. And as always, much, much more. So strap in, because we've got a lot to talk about in this episode of The Drive-In Podcast. Welcome, welcome, everybody, to the Drive-In Podcast. I'm here with Ricky Flicks and Dr. O, here to bring you another great episode. If you don't already, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Drive-In Pod. You can listen to our podcasts on Apple Music, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Uh, And if you want to check out our weekly blogs, you can go to thedriveinpod.com. How are we feeling today, everybody? How's, How's everything going? Fantastic. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays to all the listeners. Uh, Dr. O here, back, ready to roll. Flex, how are you? Ready to roll, ready to roll. I'm ready to go. I want, I'm so excited for Thanksgiving this week. I know it's a little bit toned down because of COVID right now, um, but I have to say this is one of my favorite holidays and one of the more overlooked holidays when it comes to holidays overall. Uh, you know, Halloween's one of my favorites. Obviously, Christmas is up there, uh, which is kind of in jeopardy this year because of COVID as well. Um, but Thanksgiving, you know, I, I always take a, a little bit of, of uh, concern when people skip over Thanksgiving and go right to Christmas. It's, it's one of the best holidays and one of my favorites. I mean, who doesn't love to stuff their face with food and watch football? It's a top it's three. It's a top three. No doubt. It's like, it's, I think it's not doesn't overtake Christmas. But it's like the kicking off of Christmas season. That's also a big factor in there. You got your foosball mm-hmm. going. You got obviously the food you mentioned. It's like my big three. It's like those two plus Fourth of July. That's the big three. Fourth of July. I like yeah. New Year's too. New Year's well, is fun. People people hate good. New Year's, but I, I always have a good. I have a family New Year's party every year. That's that's good. It's a it's a good to go thing. Some people try. You know, I think when you try to go out for New Year's, it's, it might be an issue. I don't know. St. Patty's Day is a great one too. Oh, but another good one. You know, we're not in college anymore, so, you know, if it happens on, like, a Tuesday, you're just like, oh, St. Patty's Day came and went. Gotta go to but, work. Uh, I don't know. Halloween, probably my favorite. Halloween's also a great one. How, yeah. I'm not a big Halloween guy because I'm not the biggest candy guy. Like, I love candy. Like, our top billing with Halloween, like, I love those candies that we mentioned. But, like, it was it's that or Thanksgiving food. I'm taking Thanksgiving food. I'm a spooky, spooky boy all the way. Rocket, well, if you can't, you can't see me right now, but I'm, I'm wearing a Goosebumps shirt because R.L. Stein is the homie. 
the homie. The homie. And Flex, I can tell you're not a Halloween guy after I decimated you on that top billing of uh, oh, Disagree. Totally disagree. Wow. You had you had your Reese's pick, right? Because you had the first I one. had a great draft. Kit Kats, the golf, Milky Ways, the golf for you. I had golf for you to throw in a three musketeers. Dude, Dude no, you're wrong on that. You are wrong on that. No, you're wrong on that. You're order, wrong. order, order in the court. You are order wrong. In the court. It is not the ho- it is not the Halloween episode. It's the Thanksgiving episode. So we are going to carry on. Uh, I, I so, apologize for the outburst, but I will not apologize for the comment. Oh, okay. well, you're wrong. So it doesn't matter. Oh my God, I might. Do I have to Tony reality you and and mute the both of you and, and deduct a point? Maybe for Doctor O. Won't be necessary, Your Honor. <laughs> All right, now that we've established order in the drive-in court. Let's move on to our first segment of the day, the checkup with Dr. O. Dr. O, check us up. All right. Here's Dr. O. Got to check you up, okay? (laughs) Leading off, we have some DC news, and we got some major movie news, okay? Wonder Woman 1984, which was delayed months ago, uh, will release December 16th in theaters and December 25th on HBO Max, Christmas Day. without any. This year, 2020. Wow, okay. Yes. And you have, and it will be coming out on HBO Max with no additional fees. So it's like what Disney did with Mulan, except you don't have to pay anything extra. Okay. So, boys, did you guys think we were getting this movie this year? And uh, what do you think? Are you going to see it in theaters or HBO Max flicks? Shocker. Absolute shocker to come out of the movie industry news this week. I can't believe it's coming out this year. I guess this is a great way to start HBO Max. This is kind of like, Disney Plus, take notes. This is how you should do it. Because Mulan, that came out earlier this year, came out on Disney Plus, but you had to pay that huge fee for it, right? It was like $30 for a rental, which is astron- that's ridiculous in my eyes. And I definitely did not pay that. And, and as you could tell, we did not review that movie. So I, th- I think this is the way to do it. Get people to subscribe to HBO Max because HBO Max is the sixth most, or the sixth least, I should say, subscribe streaming service you have netflix at around 195 million people then it goes prime video disney plus apple tv hulu and then hbo max just above peacock with 28 million subscribers so they gotta increase the subscribers especially before the snyder cut comes out next year so this is a great build up to that get some subscribers for that wonder woman 1984 christmas day on free to subscribers let's go and another thing that i want to touch on that i'm really excited about I'm, i'm excited that it's releasing in theaters i mean Granted, I think people should be careful about COVID. However, if you can go to a COVID-safe movie theater, I think it's great. Uh, I've seen people renting out movie theaters, which is great. I mean, the drive-in pod, what we stand for is keeping the movie theater industry alive. And it's not really the best time, but the three of us, all huge fans of the movie theater industry and and big-time moviegoers. So uh, I love to see Wonder Woman releasing in the box office, um, trying to get some of that holiday season, uh, Christmas time, you know, traffic because that's honestly that they're dropping movies around christmas every year they always do so well around this time so um you know i'm I'm really pulling for the movie theaters in this one that being said everybody stay safe wear masks you know all that i, I don't want to be irresponsible here but i'm just really happy that uh you know m- people are going to be going back to movie theaters again and kind of keeping them alive because it's really important <laughs> fantastic point nez and idea guy here big big brain churning right now uh-oh Vlog idea, boys. Rent out a movie theater. Okay, we can invite our friends. The drive-in, right? We rent it out. We see Wonder mm. Woman 1984. 
Okay. And we mm-hmm. just flogged the experience. What was it like renting out a theater? Okay. And getting to see Wonder, Wonder Woman 1984. I think that's, that's a great idea. Let's Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. Excellent idea. Excellent idea, also, Dr. O. Or did a couple ideas idea. on top of that. Yes, we're doing it. All right. So I also wanted to bring up the fact, I think it was nice that D, uh, Warner Brothers is choosing to release it in theaters because I think they know they're not, it's not going to do very well at the box office. I think they're almost like cutting movie theaters a break a little bit by giving them some content and not just releasing it on HBO Max. There's yeah. no way they're going to make a lot of money there. There's no, no way. They'll make I, some. I know, but. Yes, agreed. And AMC, I think they already came out and said, like, thank you, like Warner Brothers, for actually putting out this movie. And uh, we'll see. I think there's also going to be some, like, future, this is going to set a precedent, like, what will Black Widow do now? Will Black Widow be on Disney Plus? Will it get a wide release in theaters? They're pretty adamant on the theater release, uh, though. And Yes, but I think they might just look at the performance of uh, 1984 see how it does in mm-hmm. this type of like this two week run or one week run, excuse me, or a week and a half before it goes fully onto a streaming service. Either way, Disney plus is not going to do this with black widow. They're not going to like have it where you can just watch it for free. If you're a subscriber, they're going to go the Mulan route. I, 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 at least I think. Yeah. And they have like the, um, they have doubled more than doubled the subscribers than HBO max does right now anyways. So it's not like they're in desperate need to, inc- well, they are because they're, less than half of Netflix as well. And so they had to try to capture that market share of, of subscribers. But I see your point, Dr. Rowe, but I'm just, I just can't wait. We get it this year. Like I was shocked that I thought that when I saw 1984 news could pop up on my screen, I thought it was going to be del- a delayed news. Cause I'm so used to them by now, mm-hmm. but saying that the exact opposite and giving us hope, I don't know. I just haven't gotten a lot of that in 2020 in the movie industry. Felt great. There, there have been so many delays up until this point, like as of recent, you had the Batman was pushed a whole year to 2022. You had all the Marvel delays. You were expecting, okay, probably they're going to push Wonder Woman 1984. But I think there's just like a sense of anxiousness, okay, from the fans, okay? And I think Warner, like, like DC is eager to get this movie to the people. And uh, I think there's also a point where this is a movie, a DC movie coming out in a year where Marvel hasn't released anything. Okay, so it's like I think they look at it as an opportunity. Maybe we can uh, close that gap between them and Marvel. DC is and what they have going on at HBO Max, super exciting, right? They have a lot of stuff. HBO Max is becoming uh, the same thing that Marvel, like that Disney Plus is used, or I guess Marvel's used as DC. Disney Plus as a platform, excuse me, I'm mixing up all the streaming services, but I think they're using it in the same exact manner. So I think it's a genius move. Mm-hmm. Moving on, we have some more DC news on this uh, episode's checkup. We have the Snyder Cut expected to include two and a half hours of additional footage from the theatrical version. And we also have new images coming from uh, Joe Mangianello's Deathstroke and Ben Affleck's Batman. So did you guys see the images? What do you think of this amount of time, this new footage coming out? I think it's great. Like I was shocked to see Steppenwolf. Uh, like the new images of Stephen Wolf, you could see the new budget, like the thirty million plus dollars that it got being added to, this, to the graphics here, because those side by side comparisons all over Twitter and Instagram just were mind blowing between the previous uh, pre Snyder cut, the right, the Justice League that came out already, and then the Snyder cut Stephen Wolf coming out. I think that just shows the amount of effort and money being fluxed into this and how much they're really pushing for this to be actually a good movie instead of the prior uh, Justice League. So I think that was actually really telling, even though it was very like kind of a laughish thing on social media. I actually think that's very telling and a good sign. And then also just another thing is 
I'm still, I know I mentioned this earlier in the pod, I think uh, during our DC fandom pod, I just don't, I still don't know how they're going to fit everything into this movie. I know it's four hour or a series. I know it's going to be four hours, but dark side, Steppenwolf, Deathstroke. They have so many things. Now the Joker, the Joker, the Joker. There's so many things they're going to have to do. And like, it's kind of explain of how they're incorporated a little bit. Like the Joker, how is that going to, like after seeing Justice League, how is the Joker going to get incorporated into this movie? How is Deathstroke? I really don't know how they're going to do this in only four hours. It's, I, I still can't get my, I can't wrap my eyes around, head around it. Batman's got a gun. <laughs> Batman's got a gun. That's a rare sight. You don't always see Batman with a gun. Yeah, and I guess kill I, people. That might get fans like upset, like seeing like Batman potentially shooting people. I know. I Remember that random scene in the in the last one? Yeah, where he's just like murdering people, and you're just like, "What?" Yes. Like that where was kind of out of nowhere. From? People were up in arms. Yeah, um, I'm definitely interested though. You've piqued my interest. I don't know. If if he's going to be killing people in this one, it'd be kind of, it'd be kind of funny. I don't, I'm against it, but it would be kind of funny if he was like, yeah, we, we realized that you were upset last time. So we did it again. <laughs> they just went all in with it rather than yeah. holding back. And no, like just- I'm, but like, really, he has a, what is, is it like a real, is it a gun? Is it like a laser gun? I mean, it's it like looks, an alien gun. That he's that's seen. crazy. Is he allowed to kill aliens? Is that yes. allowed? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to say driving podcast approves. Okay. We approve of the killing of parademons. What do the parademons do? They yeah. work for Darkseid, huh? Right? Yeah. It sound, the, both of those names just don't sound like great. So I guess I'm, I'm on board. I, I am psyched for this. This is like two and a half hours of additional footage, but also of like you're including even more iconic DC characters like the Joker, Deathstroke. Everyone wanted to see more of Joe Mangianello's uh, Batman villain. Okay. Mm-hmm. He was going to be the main antagonist in ben affleck's movie right but that never came to fruition so i'm excited to see him dark side lex luther is supposed to be in this too it's this is fan service to the max this is fan service to the max and i heard a rumor uh i read a rumor right i didn't hear it but they're rumor alert they're saying that deathstroke and the joker actually fight alongside batman when dark side comes to earth so take that for take take that for wow that's what i read but uh i think that would be interesting i'd rather see like a joker versus batman like flashback or something like that maybe they hinted at uh, robin's death and batman versus superman so maybe they show right him killing him and harley quinn killing robin okay and showing like that dark aspect of uh ben affleck's batman's past yeah okay, that uh snyder hinted at interesting yeah wow that's a wild rumor I, I, but it sounds it sounds actually pretty good like as in like it doesn't sound too outlandish Deathstroke looks badass too. He looks mm. incredible. Yeah. yeah. So that's the DC news for the checkup. Let's move on to some Marvel news with the MCU. Okay. And a new member of the MCU with Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool. Deadpool three has tapped the Molino, Molino. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Molino sisters to write the next entry in the franchise. Uh, these sisters are known for uh, their work on Bob's burgers uh so which is fascinating to me and along with this the uh report also mentioned that it's expected to keep its r rating uh that was in the first two installments of the franchise and it's not expected for david leach to return to direct who directed deadpool 2 so what do you guys think of this new deadpool news we'll start with you Ness. i'm i'm happy to see it i'm i'm definitely happy to see the uh the r rating again i'm glad that disney isn't ruining it that's kind of what I kind of expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, 
uh, keep Deadpool as is. I mean, it's, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, and that's what I like to see. Um, but I like Bob's Burgers too. I dressed up as him for Halloween one year. Did you really? And we go back to Halloween. <laughs> was, I there? Was, was I there for that one? No. So the, I was at a family party actually. And my, my niece dressed up, dressed up like Tina. Mm-hmm. Tina Belcher. Okay. So I know the really, characters. Really I've funny. seen a couple episodes, but I don't know much about Bob's Burgers. I know it's, it's entertaining. It's definitely very entertaining. What do you think of uh, Deadpool? I, and now we're talking about Bob's Burgers and, and and Halloween. I don't know why I do this. I just take the the point and, and I just totally run just it, take it, it somewhere it. else. Um, but uh, Ricky, what do you think about Deadpool three? I so I'm happy about the R rated stand, but I just don't understand the turbulent like leadership changes in this franchise and how sh- it's like shocking how these prominent positions in a movie, these critical crucial positions they're keep being changed, but they continue to reel out these great films. Like the first mm-hmm. movie had Tim Miller directing and he didn't really have much experience prior to that, but it was a great movie. But then they come out the second one. He doesn't come back. They go with David Leach and he had some experience and like really good experience to be honest, like atomic blonde as an example. And he, John Wick, a, right? Uh, un- uncredited, uncredited for John Wick, but it's like, he has a lot of experience with action movies. So but he's not coming back for Deadpool 3. Like, why? Like, what's going on? Like, the behind the scenes, as you know, Dr. O, I don't know. You I think. do. Why so, is he coming back? His schedule is packed through 2021. But they, like, he, they're, they're not saying they don't want him to come back. That's, like, the not the okay. message I was trying to send. They just, his schedule is packed. It's not expected for him to return. Okay. Okay. But the one consistency there was with Deadpool and the, like, the, cru- the crucial leadership uh, figures were the writers in Deadpool one between Deadpool one and two with Rhett Reese and Paul Wisnek. And they uh, also wrote Zombieland, the first and the double tap one that came out recently. And obviously the writing in Deadpool is phenomenal and r- they write for Ryan Reynolds so well. And they attribute to the Deadpool character, just like in the comics, so incredibly well. It's just these new sisters who, yes, Bob's burgers is, is a very uh, credit, uh, critically acclaimed show in comedy world but is is, is that going to translate to the same effect that Rhett Reese and Paul Wesnack were able to do with Ryan Reynolds are they going to be able to connect with that character as well I don't know they've they've I, I really I don't understand what the backstory is here but I'm not okay. saying it's gonna be bad or anything because they're obviously talented writers I just don't see why they would change it up so am i making sense here yeah no i agree like don't change like what don't fix what ain't broke you know that's like kind of like like the r rating that nez was saying like why would they ever like change the r rating like if if it ain't broke don't fix it like he was saying so changing the writers something that was working really well it's just mind-boggling to me i somewhat agree like i like the director change i don't think is that big of a deal i thought there wasn't that much of a tone difference between deadpool one and two i expect the same thing for deadpool three mainly because ryan reynolds is involved He's involved. This is his baby. Like he has a lot of the say of what happens to the character. He's the one meeting with Kevin Feige, deciding what's going to happen in this next entry in the franchise. Probably who he's communicating with, if he's talking to anybody in the Marvel world. But uh, just let let Reynolds cook, man. Just let him do his thing. And yeah, stir it up, baby. Let Reynolds cook. But uh, I thought the sisters, like uh, that, are writing this. I think it's actually kind of genius. Like it's 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 like something outside the box. Okay. They have the guidance. They can lean on Reynolds like the entire time. And then uh, I forgot who wrote most of the Deadpool comic books. I think it's Rob Leafield. Leafield. Okay. 
he is a he has a strong connection to these movies and he's like on set when these movies are being written right like that obviously they go through rewrites during the filming but uh he is a big factor in these movies so as long as they have these uh figures to lean on with reynolds and leefeld i think they're going to be like this movie is going to be great and i think as long as he completes this trilogy without any like without interaction with these marvel heroes in the mcu let him just live in his own world for one more movie and then we start crisscross let him finish a trilogy that's just my two cents yeah it's just interesting how like if uh was when Zack snyder left the justice league uh movie when he couldn't when he had to leave for personal reasons because of his daughter um uh, like twitter blew up like they went crazy and obviously because justice league it's more like batman and superman arguably the biggest comic book characters of all time compared to a deadpool who's just coming up and no one really knew about him when deadpool one came out in 2016 but it's just amazing how this news came out and nobody on the internet or social media, and when I say nobody, I just mean very little, just weren't up in arms about it or like, holy crap, like this is huge news, like changing the director, changing the writers, like something this drastic and, and like no uproar in social media is just shocking to me. But that just shows how powerful this brand is and how people just see Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool and they go, everything's going to be okay. Just shows how powerful this brand is. Good. Any any additional thoughts here? No, right. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, Deadpool's Deadpool, man. I, I I didn't even there was a chance we weren't even gonna get this movie. I thought like like there was like it's obviously has the R rating. Would Reynolds agree to what Feige's talking about? I just I was curious if it was gonna if it was even gonna happen. So I'm glad it's progressing now. Mm-hmm. So we also have more MCU news on this week's checkup. We have Black Panther news. Okay, Black Panther two is gonna start filming in the summer of 2021 next year. Obviously, Letitia Wright is expected to have a more prominent role in this sequel. Uh, and there's also uh, rumors that Narcos Mexico star Tenacuerto is now, he, he's going to be the main antagonist. He's going to be the main bad guy. Great pronunciation. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so what do we think about this? Black Panther 2 news. Obviously, we had the passing of Chadwick Boseman tragically this fall. Where does the franchise go from here? Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's great news uh, that they're centering around. uh, Let's see. I can't say her name. Latita. Latita. Thank you. Wow. Latita Wright. Like, I think she's a great actress and making her a more prominent role, I think will be beneficial to the franchise. And obviously it's sad with no Chadwick Boseman, but at least like his legacy will live on through these movies as well. And I'm, I'm excited for, I'm I'm interested to see uh, how the, the, I, can't, I will not try to pronounce his name, how he's going to do in this big Marvel movie. Yes, how he's going to do in this big box it's so office well the movie. First time. <laughs> I know. I this big box office movie. I'm just like, from going from Narcos to this, I'm really interested to see how he does, and I'm looking forward to it. How about you, Nez? Uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I hope that uh, they can that they do it justice. You know what I mean? And I, I think that they'll do everything um you know, the right way. Uh, I, I hope that they, they keep good writers and whatnot and, and that they're able to kind of carry on uh, the legacy of the Black Panther. It'd be really cool to see something in that in, in kind of the spirit realm that they, they showed. Uh, I know that they have that in, um, you know, the, the original movie. So it, it'd be kind of cool to see how they play with that going forward and how, the, how they move forward with this uh, franchise. Uh, that being said, I really just hope they do it justice. And, you know, uh, Chadwick was the perfect person to cast for it. And he did amazing in that role. So 
um, it's going to be hard to replace him and kind of carry it on without him, but I'm really happy that they are, you know? I mean, I, I can't wait for more news to come out about this sequel because it's so up in the air what's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. In terms right. MCU. So you have, obviously, Letitia Wright is expected to have a more prominent role. Everyone was expecting her, even before Chadwick Boseman's passing, she was eventually going to be handed the mantle, right, of Black Panther. But now, obviously, and you had Ryan Coogler who admitted to saying that he already had the sequel written and it was going to focus on Chadwick Boseman, obviously, as T'Challa, right, um, being more comfortable as the king of Wakanda. Like, that was going to be what the whole movie was about. So what are they going to do? Do, like, do justice to the character. Like, they're probably, they want to do, right, what's best. So are they going to have someone uh, play T'Challa? Are they going to have someone replace him? Or are they going to have him um, uh, basically almost like you could have a funeral for T'Challa somehow and you have to explain what happened to his character in the sequel. It's just going to be fascinating how they attack it. And they basically have to do a lot of rewriting. And that's a big deal in the Marvel Universe. Like who's connected to this movie? And it's just, I, I'm just, I'm very eager to find out how they're going, how Ryan Coogler is going to attack it. Yeah, I think we're just still in the early stage, like two early stages of this movie to try to decipher what's going to happen, really. Like we saw, we have this news, right? And I think it's just the beginnings of more news coming. So I think that's going to go along with what you're saying with all the rewrites that are going to happen. And we're just going to get more news little by little like this. Yeah, and hopefully they have Namor. Namor is, uh, was a long time rumored to be in this movie, and he's basically the MC, MCU version of Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Right. So you said Namor. <laughs> maybe name like, what name more that'd be cool the movie will be set in paris <laughs> mbope will have a feature in it as well that'd be cool our pronunciation this episode's on point killian mbope he could be like a really fast character i could see it yeah mm. that'd be a fast swimmer so uh last bit of news for the checkup we have some fun news we have uh, uh, <laughs> we have a Pink Panther live action animated slash animated reboot on the way. So obviously you had the uh, famous uh, Pink Panther movies that came out in the 1960s with Peter Sellers. Then you had the famous Pink Panther cartoons from like the 1970s into the 80s. So they found that the best way to make the, a reboot for this is just mix them together. Okay, do a little crossover here. Uh, then we also had the reboots in the early 2000s with Steve Martin. Uh, which met mild success. So are you guys uh, Pink Panther fans? Yes, I am. I think it's one of those animated characters that hasn't like that everyone knows, but doesn't really understand fully. Like if you look at the Pink Panther, like the Steve Martin version, right? So most people that saw that were like kids and like teenagers to, uh, to children, right? And they did not see the Peter Sellers, Clouseau, uh, Professor Clouseau. So they see this, and they didn't see those animated, the Pink Panther animated series um, in the uh, before 2000s or then like the 80s. But what I'm trying to say is here is that now with that character coming to the fold, now they could see, oh, that that Panther in the opening credits and the ending credits of the Steve Martin Pink Panther that actually has a meaning to it. Interesting. It's kind of it's kind of weird. And also another thing I just want to say about it, I love the look. I've always loved the look of that Pink Panther. I like uh, that animated character. Out of all the animated, famous animated characters in the movie world, that one just like it looks awesome. I feel like whoever wrote uh, drew that just did an incredible job. It sounds it's a weird comment to make, but it just looks so good. 
He's like one of the cockiest like animated like characters. <laughs> Slick Slag Panther. Yeah. Well, Bunny too. well out there, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I agree 100%. Top five most recognizable uh, theme songs of all time. Pink yes. Dunum, dunum. <laughs> dunum, 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 it's dunum, too perfect. Na, 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 na. <laughs> Dude, those, oh, those like classic... Dunum. Those classic comedies where our dad showed them to me and Ricky Flex when we were growing up and we watched them on repeat. We'd have marathons. They were funny as heck. Like I, I I would, I still, I I, like shot in the dark is one of my like favorite all time comedies. And uh, I thought Peter Sellers was like a comedic genius. And like, I would like bring it up in elementary school and every, every, everybody would have no idea what I was talking about. Right. Yeah. No one knows (laughs) Professor Clouseau before that, before Steve Martin. Right. And then, oh, oh, I also wanted to bring up an important thing to mention here. Sonic the Hedgehog's director, right, which was like a surprise success, I believe. Was that early 2020? That was this year, right? Yes. Sonic the Hedgehog. James Marsden. So, 2020's uh, been that long? Oh, my God. I think he came out and this year. So director of Sonic the Hedgehog, Jeff Fowler, is going to be on board. So I think that's a good sign. Uh, and then also the whole premise of the movie, and I thought the, one of the, like, the genius – is to like morph these two ideas like where the panther came from and also inspector Clouseau. So uh, the cartoon, like the pink panther is going to serve as the imaginary friend of inspector Clouseau. So I think it's just like having him on his shoulder. It's going to, it can make for a pretty funny movie and it'll appeal to like older and younger people. So, yeah, I I think it's going to be interesting to see how they do this. If it's going to be more of a children's movie, like the Steve Martin ones, those are like pure, like children teens. Like I mentioned earlier, the Clouseau ones, like there's like, sex and like well implications of sex and other things yeah no there's nudity yeah so like that was they're more the older dark. they're like driving like like I don't know, oh yeah oh my god beach and they're like getting caught and the girls like throughout yeah so it's it's gonna be interesting to see what they do here i feel like they're gonna lean more towards the kid's side but you never know they could get crazy out of get crazy on us yeah interesting interesting <laughs> well uh does that wrap up our uh checkup for the day Yes, the uh, audience is now officially checked up. Thanks for checking us up, Dr. O. Uh, now moving on to our next segment, we are uh, doing the trailer roundup, correct? Uh, we can do the trailer roundup, yeah. Round up the trailers. All right, no, that's not going to work. That's just, that's, <laughs> that's just not going to work. Check, check us up is enough. I'll draw the line there. That was one win. Quit while you're ahead. Yeah. Well, we're gonna keep that check you up though. That that's cool. Yeah, yeah, that should stay. All right, let's check out the trailer roundup. Roundup. What do you got for us this week, Doctor? So we had a trailer come out for Chaos Walking, which is a Doug Liman film, uh, starring Daisy Ridley and Tom Holland. And I'm gonna give you this synopsis, although even when I read it, it doesn't really make much sense to me. But you have in Prentice Town. Right, Todd, which is Tom Holland, has been brought up to believe that the spackle, which I believe is the government in this movie, released a germ that killed all the women and unleashed noise on the remaining men. After discovering a patch of silence out in the swamp, his surrogate parents immediately tell him that he has to run, leaving him with only a map of New World, right? It's a planet, a message, and many unanswered questions. He soon discovers a source of the silence. Right, it's a girl named Viola, played by Daisy Ridley. So the audience and us, we have no idea what they're talking about. We, this is based on a, a best-selling book uh, for young readers. But uh, I just found it interesting because this movie was supposed to come out years ago. It was filmed years ago with the same players, and I think they had to do a couple reshoots. Uh, I think it was early 2020. Doug Liman jumped on 
okay, to make adjustments to this movie with an increase in budget. Uh, initially, it was deemed that it was unwatchable. Like, it was, like, not even – they couldn't even make a movie out of this. Wow. Out of, we All of a sudden, here we get a trailer, right? So uh, did you guys watch the trailer, uh, and are you excited for this movie? Flex. Like, the cast is good, but I'm not sure if I'm too excited for it. I just think it's odd. I, I think it could be cool because, like, all the action scenes and the premise of an alien planet type. When I say alien, I mean just, like, just not Earth. Um, but I just feel, we, like, those bubbles around their mouths or above them when they talk, I, I just didn't get a good vibe well, of it. The, male, the males have it, so it's, like, when they, like, if they're not speaking – they can see what they're thinking in the yes right i just i'm not getting a good vibe from it if i'm being honest but the cast is so good but i just it's kind of early though like i just i'm not getting a good vibe i don't know what do you guys think i didn't watch the trailer <laughs> i honestly don't blame you <laughs> like, <laughs> this, this movie is like where did it like it like kind of came out of nowhere only like people like me who like read movie news nonstop like knew about this movie where like literally I was like, I would be on a movie blog or a movie news site, but I don't go on any other movie blogs. Now I only go on the drive-in pod, but there's usually <laughs> ads in the column. And like one I consistently saw was a promotion of this like movie website, another movie website. And it said chaos walking deemed unwatchable. I literally saw this every day for like mm-hmm. two years. Mm-hmm. And I always wonder what the heck is this movie? It's got Tom Holland. Daisy Ridley, we're talking Spider-Man and Ray, mm-hmm. okay? And then we have Mads Mikkelsen, who obviously James Bond villain, also going to replace Johnny Depp probably in uh, the Fantastic Beasts franchise. Yeah, it's, it's got David uh, Oyelowo. Yeah. Uh, Martin Luther King and was nominated for an Oscar. Like it's got a and Nick Jonas, right? So like Nick <laughs> I feel like Jonas, yeah, Nick I Jonas, I'm in. Jumanji too, baby. How could I forget Nick Jonas? But uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just wild to have like this is going to appeal to like teenagers. They're going to love this crap, right? It's, <laughs> I, it's yeah, it's terrible. I bet it's going to be people. Like, yeah, it's but, it's going to be for people like that love the Maze Runner or Divergent. <laughs> good, yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's, good. it's like those. It's like it's the same thing. It's the books. Yeah, right, right, right. Those type of books that you read when you're like thirteen. Yes. Well, I will only see this if it gets positive reviews. I will never spend my time watching this movie that was that literally took three years to make from when it started the film. <laughs> like I, I'm just like I'm, I'm out on it. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I'm gonna watch it no matter what because I watch everything. But whatever. That's what I thought. Give a review of it. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's so anything bad. that's deemed unwatchable. I'm down for. I, sometimes movies are good when they're bad. That's like when you see Gotti get 0% of Rotten Tomatoes. You're like, okay, I got to watch it. You have to watch it. <laughs> How bad is Travolta in this movie? <laughs> you have to see it for How yourself. How bad is this Adam Sandler comedy? <laughs> like, yeah. it's just, the yeah, wrong like, Missy. Exactly. Is it How unwatchable wrong? or just so bad it's good? You know, you kind of almost mm-hmm. got to decipher that. Mm-hmm. All right. So that does it for the trailer roundup. And uh, overall, done with the checkup. I'm going to send it back over to Hugh Nez. Thank you very much, Dr. O, as always. Uh, And we're going to go ahead and move on to our review of the Thanksgiving classic, Trains, Planes, and Automobiles, uh, an an absolute holiday classic, one that I've seen perpetually running during the holiday season uh, over and over again throughout my childhood. It's almost always on TV. uh, And I don't think I had seen it all the way through up until recently. 
because I would just catch it in snippets when it was on TNT or AMC or something like that. Um, so without further ado, I guess let's just begin this review. Uh, what do you guys think of the movie? Uh, tell me about the history and, and kind of how you guys enjoyed it throughout the years. So I actually never saw this movie all the way through. I was similar to you, Nez. I would mm-hmm. see scenes every now and again. Uh, I, I would catch scenes that like the same scenes whenever I would go on AMC. Cause I feel like AMC has this on like mm-hmm. once, once a day in November, like I look legitimately once a day. And uh, I don't know why I never saw it. And I'm a big holiday movie person, but I just like, I guess my focus has always been on Christmas movies. And when I get past Thanksgiving, I'm looking right to Christmas. But after watching it on Saturday, it was so good. I watched it on Sunday. I watched it twice wow. in like 12 hours. Wow. Uh, I thought this lived up to like the hype of it being a considered a classic. Um, I just, I think John Candy like steals the, the whole show in this uh, flick. And I think this movie's like not considered a classic if he's not in it. I get it. You got Steve Martin in there, comedy legend, right? But this is nothing without the zaniness and the uh, goofball that is the legendary John Candy. Oh, love, love, love John Candy. Honestly, just one of the most uh, lovable, just like lighthearted guys uh, in Hollywood. Um, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Um, he He's in so many classics and he has so many roles. He's so recognizable and just gives you kind of a genuine heartwarming feeling. Uh, as I mentioned in the... Um, in the home alone movie it's kind of it's actually a little bit similar to this i guess he's a little bit nicer in that one this one he's just very kooky uh but he's just very funny and heartwarming and you know i feel like i feel like he's like my uncle or something i don't know an uncle that's similar to him but like i feel like i just grew up watching his movies and like you know he's just like this nice genuine guy so um you know gone way too soon uh but really just a heartwarming and 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 a good actor all around yeah, and the chemistry between him and Steve Martin in this movie really was popping. And especially with the cynical Steve Martin to his lovable likeness to the audience of John Candy's, it was mm-hmm. really just the positive, negative, uh, like two sides of the coin that they really combined to a great viewing experience that I really enjoyed. Yeah, classic story of an unlikely pair, and they have to go on some sort of journey, uh, and they have to overcome all of these things, and all of these hijinks ensue. Um, I think my favorite part of the movie, I just think it's really funny. I think it's kind of iconic to the uh, the part where the guy's telling them he's, they're going the wrong way on the highway. Easy. And they're like, oh, yeah, oh, this guy's drunk. Okay, yeah, yeah. dude. Like, <laughs> and like, meanwhile, they're going the wrong way on the highway. It's uh, I, I just found it really, I was hilarious. I was cracking up at that part. Um, and that's, that's, a, that's a, a clip that will circulate like Facebook or be like viral from time to time. And I'll just like watch it again because it's so funny. It's like undisputed best scene in my opinion. And then like when you have it where like obviously Candy's like indicating like the guy's been drinking, he's tilted his head back and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As they're going through the two trucks, you got the straight man, Steve Martin, looking at John Candy, the goofball. And then it's like his life's flashing before his eyes. And then they <laughs> pan to Candy, who's dressed up as the devil, who's like cackling. <laughs> that, that, was, that was just, just comedy. That's like, what a decision by John Hughes. Wh- yeah. Whoever made that decision. Yeah. That just literally, I was dying laughing. It was that scene's basically the reason I watched it twice. That's the reason. That that scene is is hilarious. That part that you just mentioned, like laugh out loud, funny. And then okay, here we go. But uh, we all. I also I look at 
every Monday. I check the Twitter, see what's trending. I see Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb. They always tweet out, what did you watch this weekend? And I always, I'm a big gift guy. I, I, I'm a, I tweet out gifts like I'm handing out candy at Halloween. Mm-hmm. So like I, there's a gift I put out for what you watched this weekend. And I already mentioned in the pod how like I, I, I watched a billion movies this weekend. So uh, I did the actual gif of John Candy as the devil <laughs> cackling. It was, it's just cool. It's too good That's of a amazing. Man, oh man. So, like, uh, we obviously we talked about the chemistry between these two, okay? Um, and we talked about John Candy. So, I mean, where does this rank among, like, all-time comedy duos, like, for you guys? I know, Nez, you've said you've seen this movie bits and pieces. Same with you, Flicks. But after seeing it all the way through, do you think they're like a top 10 all time? Where do they rank? Um, I don't know. I, you know, this movie, it, it was very uh, old school comedy kind of way where it got me to like chuckle a little bit. I wasn't like really cracking up uh, at the comedy. It's kind of slapstick, um, but I do appreciate that type of humor as well. Uh, you know, I, I don't know where I would put them in a ranking of all time. That, that's like a, that's a top billing or something like that's a, that that's a discussion for another time that I can't even begin to get into right now. Um, but I will say that they are very compatible comedy duo. Um, it, you know, Steve Martin, you know, he's hilarious. Uh, his stand up and, and other, and many other movies, he's very funny. Uh, it is kind of difficult to watch him being like this kind of like hard nosed guy. That's like, kind of like angry um, because we know that how, how funny he really is, but, uh, they really make it work together with their chemistry and, and John Candy just being this kind of goofball guy. Um, so, uh, I, I can't answer your question on where I rank them, but I, I will say that they, uh, they do have an incredible chemistry that I appreciate throughout the entire movie. I, I think they're, they're up there, but I, I'm, I'm hesitant to say top 10 and I'll tell you why Steve Martin, like, like Nez was saying, kind of known for, stand up and honestly when i think of steve martin i don't think of necessarily this movie i think of like the jerk or like some of his other work right i might personally my blue heaven that's my favorite steve martin movie of all time but when i think of some great comedic duos i'm thinking gene wilder richard pryor i think that's above this one simon Pegg, nick frost we've done multiple films together both yeah multiple films together simon Pegg, nick frost uh, you could even go Owen Wilson, Vince Vaughn. Owen Wilson, Vince Vaughn. It's another good one. Chris Farley, David Spade. Yeah, like you, you can keep going. Like Dean Martin, Jerry Lewis would go way back. But then if you go more like modern era, Will Ferrell, John C. Riley, jo- Jonah Hill, Channing Tatum, and we can keep going. I think top ten might be a stretch because like the, all the uh, common theme with a lot of those duos, like I said, there's more than one movie, especially in the same type of movie or same franchise, even such as Jonah Hill, Channing Tatum. So maybe it might be a little bit of a stretch, but this is this should not deter it. This is a great chemistry, a great duo, mm-hmm. arguably top ten, as you said. I, I personally, I, I know I've only seen this one time all the way through. I've seen a bunch of scenes before in my life. I think it is top ten. Like the nostalgia factor for this movie is insane. People love this movie. It is the Thanksgiving movie with two iconic comedic actors. Like I, I think they are, and. uh and I, it is, you, I, Nez brought up a great point. Like, Steve Martin, prior to this, he was the slapstick guy. Like, he's playing the straight man here, which is, like, fascinating to, like, dive into because, like, that's who he was. And now he's just, like, playing this grumpy guy. And, obviously, you have John Candy just doing his thing. We're letting Candy cook here. 
right? But uh, I'm also convinced that Steve Martin was born with white hair. <laughs> Have you ever seen him with, like, not gray or white hair? He came out of the womb with, like, as an old man. Well, he's like Benjamin Button. Well, there's a scene no, in this movie I... in the beginning, or sort of the beginning when they're in the hotel room. Steve Martin is a certified all-time hair guy. That chest hair. Is oh, he's a hairy dude. <laughs> hairy dude. Him, Steve Carell, 40-year-old virgin, like, all-time mm-hmm. hair guys, like, chest hair guys. Like, holy crap. And he has the white top. Like, it doesn't make sense. I just want to say that that hotel scene is very relatable. And when he gets out of the, the tub and there's, like, a soaking wet towel on the floor. Never been more relatable in my life to when, to when we lived in a college house with uh, with six guys and people were just like so messy. I don't know why. I, I just remember just coming test. out of a shower to step on a cold, wet, damp floor. It gave me a shiver just watching it. <laughs> Flix did the same thing. I watched it with him. My second time I watched it, I said, Flix, come watch this with me because we're going to review it. And uh, he, he, he mentioned like he cringed when he saw him squish that wet towel. Yeah. As he stepped. Yeah. And, but that whole um, motel scene is also arguably the best scene too, like where he mm. they wake up and he like John Candy is like kissing. clearing his sinuses. <laughs> that that oh. that's even like yeah. So you have to clear the clearing the sinuses all the time. Oh, he's snoring all night. Yeah, he, he wakes up, he kisses like Steve Martin, and then Steve Martin holds him. He's like, Why are you holding my hand? And then he goes like, What are those? And he's like, Where's your other hand? It's like between two pillows. And then, obviously, everything blows up. And then they're talking about like they're acting macho. I thought that was all time. They're like, Oh, well, did you see the score of the Bears game or what? <laughs> it was good. It was good. And that, Definitely that, that, a class. that stuff, like, it's still fun. Like, e- like, even though this is an older movie, and the, I thought the comedy wasn't that dated, it was still, I think, it might like for, I guess for younger people they don't think it's that funny, but I thought mm-hmm. it still hit. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely an all-time Thanksgiving movie. Um, probably the second best piece of Thanksgiving content that there is. Second best. Don't say Charlie Brown. Happy Thanksgiving, Charlie Brown. A Charlie oh. Brown Thanksgiving, actually, that's what it's wow. called. Of course, Charlie Brown. Anything. Charlie Brown Christmas is the best, actually. That that's that has a lot of competition. Uh, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, come on. Are you kidding me? CBS. Usually CBS, but now it's Peacock, I think. I think Peacock, it's like the only one showing Charlie Brown now. It's not, yeah, it's not on cable, which is like criminal because my family loves all Charlie Brown uh, holiday movies uh, or I guess shows. It's like 30 minutes. It's not long, but um, we, we love that. We watch it every year. So it's a classic and it's really upsetting to see the, the way that this is happening. Um, there's a big petition with that right now. Yeah, just the, the the direction that the industry is going, it's kind of annoying. Where they're putting Charlie Brown, which was, you know, made when back in 1970 or something like that, and yeah, like- and it has to go on a streaming service because of rights and all this. This this whole industry is getting crazy. Uh, just do it the old fashioned way, release it in the theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, before uh, I also wanted to get to uh, John Hughes. The John Hughes directs this movie, sure. and John Hughes is known for like. Uh, the uh, the rat uh, the brat pack uh, during the 1980s with like Molly Ringwald, Sixteen Candles, Breakfast Club with Emilio Estevez, obviously Anthony Michael Hall, all those actors. Okay, so play uh, this movie, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. It like basically was him diverting from those type of movies. And a lot of people like uh, almost typecast him in in like as as solely a director of like uh, coming of age comedies. 
Okay. And he, he did Ferris Bueller's as well. Like the guy is an absolute stud at those movies, but I thought it was, uh, there was no young people in this movie. I thought it was still about, it's obviously relating still to friendship. Okay. But I thought he did a great job and it, like, it wasn't overly complex. I thought he actually nailed it. It was a concise movie. Uh, and he just let the comedians do their thing. So, uh, I know a lot of people were judging John Hughes and my dad talks about it all the time about like his craft at the time, what he was known for. So what do you guys think of how he, uh, crafted this one? I think, yeah, I think it's interesting because like you said, he's, kind of known as like the brat pack and also ferris bueller's day off weird science and this was just a total turn i think it's more that he got to work with not teenagers and just well established comedic actors and really john candy like after this movie um uncle uncle buck a john candy basically movie they just underrated underrated (laughs) movie different totally different character a little bit uh than uh john candy and planes trains and automobiles but you could see when he gets to work with these style of actors, not just teenagers, that he could really build something different and not be typecasted as the teenage drama director or something like that. Even though those roles, those when I say teenage drama directors, that's not like when you say that nowadays when you can get like a Disney Channel movie or something like that. That's not what I mean. Yeah. So I actually think like he always has a real story, like a behind like this movie, a kind of a buddy buddy relationship that was built similar to like Thanksgiving, the build up to Thanksgiving, the build up to this relationship. And in those movies and those teenage dramas, they got Mm -hmm. that as well. So he's kind of known for that as well. And just with this story, he really was able to focus on that. Yeah. And I think, I mean, there, he does have, I mean, not an underlying theme, but maybe a formula for the way that he creates these movies. You know, a lot of the movies that you mentioned before, including this one are, um, basically unlikely people being meeting and then all these crazy funny things happening. But at the end of the day, it becomes a heartwarming story that all comes together. Uh, and, and we're all kind of happy. It's like a family movie, you know, and, and, you know, you, you're just happy at the end and, and your heart feels warmer and, and you're just like, you just a little, it's just, it's just nice. It's a little touching uh, and a little funny. It's got all the elements of a good uh, popcorn movie. So. Yeah, for sure. I agree a hundred percent. And like, even though it wasn't about kids, it's still like, it it wasn't literally centered on kids. It still had Mm -hmm. like those same themes. And that's Mm -hmm. why I thought it was so successful. And he's working with these more successful actors. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, I think the only detractor I really had is that like, I thought the ending was super predictable. Uh, I kind of guessed it like right off the bat when it comes to John Candy and like the passing of his wife. Right. I like, I like, I think that was supposed to be like kind of a surprise at the end, but I was watching it the first time. So I watched it with Ricky Flicks the second time I watched it with my dad the night before and said to my dad, like did his wife pass away like immediately when he pulled out the picture. Right. And it's just, it's, it was like almost too mm-hmm. obvious, but that honestly is my only major detractor. It wasn't a complex story. Like I thought, he, I thought it was, it was exactly what it was meant to be. Right. Comedy about the holidays, heartwarming feeling. I loved it. All right. Well, I think that uh, we're all set and good to go. Anything, any other comments on planes, trains, and automobiles? What did you give it for you a score, score, guys? Oh, man. Score. Gosh, this is tough. I'll give it in, uh, an 82. 82. Dr. O? 90. 90. 90. Top tier, A-. I'm going to go in the middle, 85. 85 for me classic all right you know what ricky flicks is going last next time because he always plays off of whatever we do it's okay, not fair well, okay well it's a yeah, good... you gave you gave the 69 last time and he gave me a 60 and he gave it a 68 okay well, I, I write it down i write down my him. 
I write down my score every time before we even start. I just saw you pencil it in. No, I, I actually do write initial notes just to make sure I could bring up another on another episode whatever you guys say so I can quote you guys. But a reason why another detractor for me is that I felt it was overwhelming at times and a little too many things going, too many complications going on to the buildup. Because sure, like I said, it's all about the buildup in this movie. But if there's too many things going on in that buildup, it just gets out of hand. I felt like that was mm-hmm. that at point at points in time in this movie. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. Funny, like funny, said, funny that Nez says he penciled it in because right before we started recording, I did hear Ricky Flick sharpening his pencil mm. right before we recorded on it. So I thought it's just suspect. It's suspect. Conspiracy. Yeah, it's impossible because you could see on the screen here I'm using. <laughs> I swore, I swear, I heard a pencil sharpener I'm going. I'm using a mechanical pencil, so it's impossible. Just for the record. Interesting. We're gonna have to investigate. That about wraps that up here. Um, let's move on. All right, so that does it with our review of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. It's time for our marquee matchup. It's time for top billing. And guys, before we start, I just want to say I have been dying to do a top billing. Last week was my great comeback. And before that, I was just listening to you guys fight over, over top billings. I came prepared. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to square down, show off, and uh, square off, show down. <laughs> show out show out you're just ready you're buckled up and We're i'm ready show for down. I, came prepared. Show out. I came prepared so without further ado ricky flicks let me let me send it over to you for top billing thanks ness top billing today <laughs> movie families you wouldn't want to eat thanksgiving with or spend thanksgiving with simple okay we're not going to do a draft we're just going to name our top five so five through one and we're going to go in order of Nez, Dr. Rowe, Ricky Flicks. There can be repeats. There, there, there won't be some, but I guarantee there probably be one or two. And we'll go, you just name your number five, and then you wait until your next turn to say your number four, and we just mm-hmm. keep going, right? Okay? So, Nez, you get to lead us off. What is your number five family that you would not want, a movie family that you would not want to spend Thanksgiving with? Uh, so what really comes to mind uh, when I think of movie families is the McAllisters. And then I think about the time that they spend together and the McAllisters and Home Alone. Uh, I hate them. I hate Buzz. Um, they totally, you know, have me around Kevin McAllister, you know, on Kevin McAllister's side, even though he's kind of uh, a little messed up. Uh, all in all, though, I don't want to st- spend time with that weird uncle. That's a cheapskate. I don't want to spend any time with Buzz. Even Kevin's a little bit of a brat. Fuller pees the bed all the time, always drinking too many, too much Pepsi. Uh, and I, and I'm, I'm, I'm not eating Thanksgiving with the McAllisters. I'm staying home. I don't want to be around that uncle either. Either What a schemer. He's a weirdo. What a schemer. Yeah. I don't like him. I don't like him. He freaks me out. He's a schemer. <laughs> Any like family that doesn't care enough to like, remember they lost their kid. They remember their kid when they go on vacation. Like, why would I want to be around them? <laughs> yeah. Like, if I if you Never. can't be trusted with your own child, why would I trust you with stuffing? <laughs> true, true. And uh, what's it called? I was gonna say, but it was a, it's Buzz, right? Buzz, Buzz, Buzz yeah, terrible, terrible. Maybe a social all time terrible sibling. Buzz, yeah. like what? What do you think Buzz was like when he grew up? Like he was probably a bad, bad guy. <laughs> he yeah. did some maybe bad he turned things. his life around. You know, it's never too late to change. But yeah. from what but, I saw from Buzz, no, we're not homies. Yeah, you talk to the pigeon lady or something. He had uh, mm-hmm. his life. <laughs> All, right. All right, so number five for Nez, the McAllisters. Doctor O, what is your number five? 
All right. My number five. So I imagine this, like, this is where like we're sitting around the table with these people, right? That's like how we're in t- kind of interpreting yeah, this. Interpret yeah, it the and, way you want. Thanksgiving and, you know, day. their food. Going, number five, I'm going with the Dursleys from Harry Potter. I'm going with the Dursleys from Harry Potter with Dudley, right? Mm-hmm. Harry's aunt and uncle. Um, I just think I wouldn't want to do this, not only because I would have Dudley shoving his fat face with food next to me <laughs> the entire time, but I'm also have the awkwardness of Harry locked in a cupboard while I'm eating Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> and like, hey, what's that? What's the what's the kid doing upstairs in a like locked in a closet? Like, oh my god, what's up with that? Like, well, yeah, that's so <laughs> are we gonna talk about this kid upstairs? <laughs> All right, great. Honestly, um, um, this was on my list too, Doctor O. And another thing I have to say: number one, they, I mean, they're truly awful people. But number two, they're English; they don't celebrate Thanksgiving, so oh, Thanksgiving right. food is probably terrible. Yeah, man, I I didn't even think about that aspect. No, but they're that's so a fat. great point. You know, they, their food is probably good. Look how fat they are. But they're English people. But English they don't know. How to, known I, for their no, food. no offense to any English listeners we may have, but I don't think you know what to make on Thanksgiving. They're you good know? at potatoes. They probably right, make shepherd's like, pie. But you got to spice it up. You know, they probably make a mean shepherd's pie. My my person my family Thanksgiving has adapted over the years to dishes and on what you know we think is better and and mm-hmm. we we just add all sorts of twists to the mac and cheese and stuff. I just don't know if if um you know first of all I don't want to spend the holidays with uh, Harry's family either. They're terrible. They're awful people. Number one, but mm-hmm. also yeah, I mean I don't trust I don't tr- I just don't trust them to make a Thanksgiving meal. It would be their first. So well, mm-hmm. shout out Harry Melling. Queen's Gambit recently, and also uh, <laughs> Double All the Time, also great in that. Shout out Harry Mellon. All right. Well, my number five, the Altmans from This Is Where I Leave You. Mm, Terrible, man. dysfunctional family. <laughs> they are all over the place. Adam Driver, Jason Bateman, in real life, Tina Fey, this would be an unbelievable Thanksgiving if you went by the actors. But this cat, this cast of characters in this movie are just so dysfunctional. I don't think I'd be able to stand an entire day with them. Just all the controversy that's happening. You have the across the street neighbors probably joining in the street uh, with Timothy Oliphant joining in on Thanksgiving and the, the moms doing whatever. You never know what's going to happen. The electricity might go out. Just you can't trust anything that these people do on Thanksgiving. I just want my peace. I want to watch football and eat good food. Probably the turkey will get burned. I don't trust this family. The Altmans, number five on my list. Underrated movie. Underrated movie, 2014. Mm-hmm. Nez, you're number four. All right, so uh, I'm I'm gonna take off uh, the Harry Potter family off my list, um, and I'm well, just it's on your ahead. list. It's no, on your list. It's, it's on a draft. You can still do it if it's on it. Okay, well, I, well, I guess that would be, but then that would just take my turn, so, and I'm just not gonna. I'm just gonna say, oh, I did Harry Potter, and then move forward. So, True. but uh, I could just bring in another one from the honorable mentions. Roll it in. Um, bring it. So what I have here is uh, the Oswalt family from Sinister, um, <laughs> because who wants to wow. spend Thanksgiving at a at a house that's terrorized by like some sort of evil cursed demon? Sure. Uh, you know, I don't think I want to get involved with anybody like that. Um, they're literally quite literally cursed, and um, murders are about to take place, perhaps. Uh, so um, that is not Thanksgiving. I'm interesting interested in attending uh and this is kind of a theme for my for a couple other picks that i actually one of the other picks that i have uh because i just do not want to be spending any holiday with people that are literally cursed by a demon i wish i took i, I totally forgot about the horror approach that's great that's, that's, <laughs> like like uh, that could really ruin a night <laughs> yeah. 
Oh man, that's good. That's yeah, cool. demon would definitely ruin my Thanksgiving. That's for sure, Doctor O. Great pick. Great pick. <laughs> Living up to the horror uh, favorite genre reputation there. Oh yeah, you already know. <laughs> Doctor right. O, you're number, number four. four. Uh, so I'm just I'm I'm going like I don't they don't celebrate Thanksgiving, but I I, I that's already out the window. But I'm doing Odin's family from Thor. I'm going Thor, Loki, Odin, oh my God. and Hela, and Hela, Thor's sister, who tries to destroy as who tries to take over Asgard, and who has been locked in a, a dungeon, like a like a like a, I don't even know what she was locked in, but she was like beneath Asgard for literally centuries. You have Thor wouldn't be happy on Thanksgiving, constant arguing with his father, and you got Loki to be pulling some mischievous crap all night. That's There'll be a lot of politics in that Thanksgiving day. Yeah, so I'm just I'm going Thor's family. Sibling rivalries are insane in that family. I mean, Hela took out Thor's eye, and uh, obviously uh, Loki and Thor have that on again, off again relationship. I'm not dealing with all that crap. Okay, yeah. too much family drama. I'm out. A lot of drama. Good pick. Good pick. Okay, my number four. They're similar and not the same drastic extent to Nez, but the Armitage family from Get Out. Evil cult, don't oh, trust them. Good, yeah, that's a good one. I'm out on yeah. them. The Armitage family is my number four. I just don't trust them, and they're too, too they're perfect. Weird and stuff. Weird, yeah. yeah. And just the cast of characters there. You can't. Again, you can't trust any of them. You the really can't. Awkward conversations, probably you have. It, exactly. The most, it'd be the most awkward situation, no matter what. <laughs> just oh, that would be a terrible day. So, Harvard's family from Get Out, my number four. Nez, your number three. Uh, my number three, this is very similar to actually Harry Potter's family. I'm going with Matilda's family from Matilda. Just another example of just really not good people, people I, I don't want to be spending my time with. Uh, holding little, little Matilda back, uh, not letting her spread her wings, and just, just all around kind of abusive. Um, not a fan of Matilda's family whatsoever. And I do not intend on spending any time unless, unless Matilda, Matilda could just come, you know, and maybe mm-hmm. the teacher, um, but the family, not very nice. I wouldn't want to spend Thanksgiving with them or really anything with them. That movie is tough to watch. That's one of those that like, I can't rewatch it. That's an unreasonable really? to me. Oh my God. Are you kidding I me? I see it all the time. I watch it all Man, the time when it's on, I just, when it's uh, on like Freeform or something, I'll, I'll always like be like, oh, Matilda's on. Sure. I'll I watched it when I was younger. I, I don't even know the last time I saw it. Oh, great movie. Yeah. I don't even know the last time I saw I, The first movie. time I ever watched it was in a car late at night, uh, in just a crowded car in one of my I'm friends' scared. car. <laughs> it was just freaky, freaky atmosphere. Really? Everyone was watching it on their chairs, like the back of the chairs uh, where mm-hmm. the TV set is or whatever. Yeah, 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 that was a vibe for a while. Yeah, that was like 2008 or whatever. But all right, Dr. Rowe, you're number three. I- yeah. So I've been on movie binge lately. Like this, I'm in full quarantine mode. Shout out quarantine trials and making a comeback. Nez is on my butt about it, telling me I gotta, I, I gotta get back on that blog series. Bring back and the quarantine and, trials. Uh, yes, and so I watched uh, Benjamin Button this weekend. I, I that's like three and a half hour movie. I watched what else? The tr- planes, trains, automobiles. Obviously, I watched Peanut Butter Falcon, but the movie. This I, I watched it for the second time, but I watched Knives Out. Okay, so number three, I'm gonna go with the Thrombies from Knives Out. Uh, massive family, so much dysfunction. A lot of them argue over money most of the time. 
Uh, and if we remember the movie, a lot of times they're arguing, they're having political discussion that gets very, very uh, heated. You have people that are like basically alt-right, you have people that are alt-left. And then uh, you also just have people that want to be associated with the family just because they want to be a part of, like want to like basically inherit this money. And it would just be a pain. They're always arguing, I'm out mm-hmm. on... But I do... I'm out on the thrombies, but if I could find a, if uh, Ana de Armas will be there, I'll figure out a way to make it work. <laughs> that flick won't be happy with you. Yeah, I, like I just I, I, like if that's obviously an exception. Maybe we just like have our own private dinner. We go upstairs, light a candle, get a bottle of wine. I'll cook for her. All Thanks- right, all right. Thanksgiving, family holiday. Let's just spend it one on one. Okay, great. Okay, my number three, <laughs> the clumps, nutty professor. That we oh, know, that's a good one. There will be nowhere to sit. Like, that's a good one. There will be nowhere to sit at the table because they're so big. Uh, the eating would just get to me. It would be so bad. They'd be eating all day with me, but I would be afraid to eat because they would chew so loudly and be disgusting. And they would just blabber all the nonsense that I wouldn't be able to take either. The clumps, I think, it might, it should be jump higher. Fast. Jump on too fast. I would have to get. I would have to eat at like nine o'clock to make sure I get something that day. They would eat it so quickly. But the clumps is my number three. Arguably should be higher, but it's going to be my number three. That's hilarious. Good pick, Nez. Your number right, two. So I guess going back to my, uh, going back to the pre, my number two. The going back to my past point with horror movies i'm going to go with the uh, warren family uh and they're in the conjuring uh as well as a couple other movies but uh just so you know it's not the family that's cursed by the demon this time it's literally the people whose work title their professional title is demonologists uh i do not want to spend my thanksgiving with demonologists right after right after halloween too there's still a little bit of spookiness lingering there's still a little bit of fog in the air days are ending at 4 30 these days uh and i'm not gonna be hanging around at 4 30 in the dark with some demonologists uh i do not want them at my table maybe we can you know chat on the phone and i can learn about some of the cool stuff you do but don't bring that bad juju in my house excellent points made uh yes i would love to have a conversation with them Okay, about demonology. But do we want to be in the same house as these demonologists less than a month after Halloween? Thought that was your best point, right? Your brain's training, yeah. right? You guys want to talk to them? I don't even want to talk to these people. Like, what if they, what if they do something over the phone to me? What if it's a know. Zoom call like this and they do something like just by? You don't want to risk anything. I don't know. I just I don't trust anything. That's I a big thing. Are allergic to Zooms. Allergic. To allergic. Zooms. All right, Doctor O, you're number two. Uh, number two, I'm going with the Corleones. We went with the Corle the Corleones. What? Because, because obviously you have betrayal within that family. So everyone right? dies. I'd be afraid if I'd said a wrong word, I get whacked. Right. You also have security around that house at all times. There has been attacks on this family. I would be. I would think one of the families. Uh, the food would be great. Plus, you're in. You're yeah. living in a constant. Food state would be great. Food the, would be the great. People would be cool. You probably get Italian food. But you're right. You could die at any moment. So, like you, I'd be living in fear the most of the, most of the time. And I like I don't want to be there when like like obviously we don't talk business at the table, but there's going to be conversations had everywhere else, right? What else do they talk about when they're not at the table? They're talking business, okay, and talking about family operations. Uh, that could get dicey. That could get dicey. I could be asked to do something that I probably don't want to do. Okay, I want to be out of that type of. I don't want to put myself in that situation. But uh, I don't know if if Michael needed me to do 
something, I'd probably I'd probably do it. But are we talking Godfather one in New York or are we talking Godfather two? We're talking in two. Nevada? He is full on. Yeah, we're we're. That would be so nice though. Of, that actually, Lake or no Utah. I Lake should Tahoe say Godfather three. Godfather three. I should say. That's we're talking family on family violence, like to the max. Yeah, yeah. So, like I, I, that's like a state of fear. Huh? Yeah. What if you go to you go you go to wash your dish and somebody's washing the dishes and they're just like, leave the plate, take a cannoli, yeah. cannoli, <laughs> cannoli pie. Cannoli no, pie. but I think a, an argument to be made for this is like a lot of Italian. Like I know one of my good friends, he's Italian. He has Italian food on Thanksgiving. He doesn't actually have a turkey. Like if you, that's a big thing, if like for you, Doctor Rowe, if you want to have Thanksgiving food, you don't want to spend it with the Corleones because you might not get a turkey. So I understand that aspect. Interesting. My number two for Ricky Flicks. I'm debating what should be the number one, but my number two is going to be the buckets from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the Charlie Bucket and his family with the four grandparents sitting in bed <laughs> and never moving for years. And oh, just must smell terrible. And it would just be terrible to even step foot in their mini apartment shed and spend Thanksgiving there with the smelliest people of all time, probably. And oh I can't God. imagine. Oh, it'd be terrible. Elitist Ricky Flicks over here. <laughs> These people, like, they don't leave to go to the bathroom, probably. They haven't gotten out of bed. Like, the fact, yeah, the fact that the grandfather hasn't gotten out of bed in years—that's very concerning. I'll give it you. It would that. smell terrible and spend <laughs> all day there on Thanksgiving, a food holiday, watching football with them. Oh my god, It'd be terrible. But they probably two, don't have cable. I hate to break it to you. All right, we can go on a tangent here. But <laughs> number two, the buckets from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. We're right, down I to guess, number one. I guess I'm going with my number one here. And this one I actually have to slide in from because it's not a movie family, but it's definitely a family that I do not want to be spending Thanksgiving with. And that is the phrase from Game of Thrones. I do <laughs> not want to hang out with Walter Frey. He's a creep. What, are we throwing a veto on this? Movies. You said hey, you, I subbed this one out for, for Harry Potter, okay? We have to throw a flag on this. Challenge. Oh, my God. We oh, have to throw a flag. Oh, is it really? And top billing is getting that serious? We, we have to throw a flag. It has to be a movie. Well, you guys got to, like, you know, I don't know. We don't bend. But, like, why Why just bend movies? Why do, you, why do you box me in here? I'm because this, you got to let me fly. But we could have. <laughs> you heard at the beginning of the podcast that heated debates me and Ricky Flicks had on Halloween Candy this it had there, there's no flexibility with this role we could have gone down so many rabbit holes with tv show uh, movie families uh tv show families it would have been crazy well i subbed like, out the harry potter family you didn't have to skipped, and virtually skipped a turn well you added you replaced so, it yeah i was really replacing it with the phrase oh my god the oswald family i'm sorry the warren family was actually in my top 5 all right, power veto. I am two versus I am two versus one. Two power veto. I am bringing in the phrase. <laughs> oh my god! All right, the phrase from Game of Thrones. This is a this is a abuse of executive privilege here from the moderator. This is an abuse of power. <laughs> well, I got nothing else on my list that's not TV. The other my other honorable mention is the Klutzes from the Amanda Show. Dude, I don't I want know. them knocking over my whole thing. What the Amanda Show? What are you talking about? So how is this gonna look on the graphic? Are we gonna do parentheses? Doesn't count. <laughs> asterisks, like a thousand asterisks, and a cross out from it. 
Do you know get a number one? We, power. We've done a top billion on like on just Game of Thrones families alone, and we've done like a yeah a, a, a top billion on that of who we didn't want to spend time with. Yeah. True, but I thought about the Lannisters, but definitely the phrase. What what if Arya is, is hidden there and cooks the rest of the family that didn't show up into into the pie? You know, these are things. These are concerns. All right, well, we're, that's gonna look bad for the graphic, but whatever. Number one, you know that he did a power veto. I didn't know that existed. All right, Doctor O, you're number one. Does that exist? A power okay. veto? You clearly that, haven't checked the Dragon get, Podcast. Like, you, you get one a year. One a year. No, you get one ever. He just used it. No, I get three. No. You get three. three. You've had uh, we've had enough abuse of power here. I, okay. I, I, I don't, okay, fine. We're going on to my Doctor O. You're number one. Let's keep. We're going, it going, with, we're going with the Griswolds. I'm not saying I'm not spending any holiday with the Griswolds. They'll screw something up. The food won't be right. But they care. No, I don't care. I don't care. The family doesn't even like no, no. Uh, like like the, they're gonna mess up the holiday. I'm all about like keeping like the festive vibes. If they ruin the festive vibes, you ruin the holiday, in my opinion. Okay, yes, it's about family, but I'm doing the Griswolds. I do not want to spend a holiday at Thanksgiving with the Griswolds. If you know. say don't don't and what you would, I it won't be on it. Won't, I I just think that Mr. Clark Griswold cares too much, and he tries so much. You have to appreciate it, and he loves football, loves the Bears, and. I, I don't know. I feel like he'd be easy to watch football his, with. His brother, or his sister's brother, I forgot, uh, what's it called? Uh, Randy Quaid. He kidnaps his boss. But you could, like, you could have fun with that guy. People you could, like, psychos. I don't know. All right. Well, absolute banana. I'd rather, spend, banana land. I'd rather spend time with the Griswolds than, than the, the phrase. phrase. Yeah. So. The okay, phrase? Yeah. Oh, You'd be quiet over there. Reason. Dr. O is so heated. So I'm going to go with my number one while he cools down the Bakers. <laughs> From cheaper by the dozen. I'm getting ah. black. Would be right. terrible to spend Thanksgiving with. Too many people, too many children, and you don't want to be at the dinner table and your feet are getting like you know, like pranks are going to be like done to you all day. You're going to be able to be comfortable. You're going to be on edge all day, and all these children running around in the house yelling and the what's the like all these twins that are just gonna do everything to you and like think about when ashton kutcher went over there that was just i can't even imagine right when you walk in you get pushed into a kiddie pool <laughs> the rest of the day you're soaked on thanksgiving that's true that place was crazy just cheered by a dozen nice. the bakers would be terrible to spend thanksgiving with there'll probably be a food fight with all those those kids at thanksgiving dinner and ruin all that great food which yeah. they could not probably make FedEx would like go and cry or something. It'd be like a yeah, situation. It would be awful. It'd be entertaining though. Not Definitely for, don't want to spend my Thanksgiving with the phrase. I'll tell you that. But the the, oh. the bakers like flicks. I can just turn the argument you just put against me. I can just do the same thing with you. With what? Like 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 everything they do is a disaster too. And like but they everything can, is a disaster. Well, they care. Like the same thing. They don't care as much than Clark Griswold. Are you, you kidding don't me? Mister and Mrs. Baker. You don't think Bonnie? No. Bonnie Hunt doesn't care? No, she was too busy going around the country for her book. Bonnie Hunt is like the Hollywood, the Hollywood mom. She's not in that movie. What? You don't think she cares about her she, kids? She says, I got to do this for me. And she's not with her kids forever. She's oh, yeah, traveling. Right. She, does, she does make that move. But like I would say, there, it's, I would say it's in good intention too. No. She's well, not. Trying to provide do not compare Clark Griswold's family. determination and motivation. Behind, everything. But he dropped. It would be nice to watch football with. It would be easy. You could like, you want, drink a couple beers you with want, them. What, you want Randy Quaid? What, uncle what? What's his name? Uncle is it? What's it, what's, the, what's the uncle's name? I don't know. But Walder. I, what is it? Walder Frey. 
Um, okay. <laughs> you and the phrase I'm, need to stop. I'm about to, like, slap my computer I'm about to mute off. you right yeah, now. <laughs> I, can, I, I could mute you. But, all right. I, I am getting a new I think the Griswold against the wall and take out my angle that way. I, I think the, the Griswold is a good pick. I just think that you're not seeing the other side of the argument there. I do see what you're saying. Okay. Okay. As long as you see it. Things are getting heated here on the drive-in pod. And good thing we wrapped up. Okay. So, Nez, your top five. Go. Top billing. Worst movie families that you would eat Christmas uh, Thanksgiving with. Jeez. The people I do not want to be spending Thanksgiving with are the McAllisters, the Oswalt family, Matilda's family, uh, the Warren family, and the Freys, most of all. (laughs) Dr. Rowe, your top billing. Uh, number five, I had the Dursleys from Harry Potter. Number four, I had Thor's family uh, from the MCU. Three, I had the Thrombies from Knives Out. Two, I had the Corleones from uh, The Godfather. And number one, I had the Griswolds from National Lampoons. Solid list, but not the best. Here's the best. Why number five, the Altmans. I already heard the best. The Altmans from This Is Where I Leave You at number five. Number four, the Armitage family from Get Out. At number three, the Clumps. From Nutty Professor. Number two, The Buckets from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And number one, The Bakers from Cheaper by the Dozen. Wow, that was a controversial. Uh, well, Nez, you can't believe you did that. Can't believe you did that to, Nez, to you, Willy Wonka. You no, 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 no. Yours no. is vetoed. This is yours is vetoed for being Why? rude to to because they smell badly. And it because, would be fun. Oh my god. No. Right, you don't want to hear the story about them going to the chocolate factory. Well, I, 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 love, I love that. I love that movie. Well, so Ricky Flick smells bad, so. No, you're just right, that, that was a low blow. That was just, a low blow. At least I know what a movie yeah, family is and not a TV now cross, show now you family. the damn line. Okay? Now you cross the damn line. <laughs> All right, well, I've crossed the line here, and before uh, we break out into a – oh, uh, oh, right. I guess we should do some honorable mentions, but I'd use mine all already. The klutzes <laughs> from the Amanda show. Jesus, Doctor O, what are your honorable mentions? Well, I was—I wanted to put the Skywalkers on here. I wanted to put the Skywalkers. What? Here. But they don't get yeah. together. So I'm talking like let's. We, I can say like. Are you I, kidding I, me? You don't want to hang out with Darth Vader and Luke be, Skywalker? But they never get together except when they're trying to kill each other. And I'm also yes, they're trying to kill each other. Like I'm talking about, like if I go Star Wars Episode Five, then we also have like the possibility you got some weird stuff going on between Luke and Leia. And then if we expand this, right, you got Han Solo and Luke uh, and Leia's kid with uh, Ben Solo, and then you have her making out with the adopted, basically adoptive daughter of Ray. You got a lot of freaky stuff going on. So I don't want to be a part of any of that. So, uh, and people try to kill each other. So I'm out. Yeah, but I mean, imagine if there's a lightsaber battle at your Thanksgiving. How awesome would that be? Imagine going like back to school or something and being like, oh, how was is, how is your uh, Thanksgiving? Oh, you know, whatever. I just watch football with my family. And then you were like, oh, well, you know, my uncle and – my uncle and his father got into a lightsaber battle. So, Uncle Darth decapitated. Uncle Darth. Uh, Uncle Darth decapitated uh, cousin Luke. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Well, I had a couple honorable mentions. One I had was the Burnses from Meet the Parents. I would hate Ooh. to spend my time with Jack Burns at Thanksgiving. I feel like I'd be. I literally would be watched, and he, I would so just, it would just be an interrogation every time. And you mentioned I, just, I said the Burnses, not the Fockers. I think the Fockers would be fun to spend Thanksgiving with. I think it'd be like pretty, like it'd be like a party. I think it'd be fun, but the Burnses I think would stink. And another one that I have, I thought of, but I don't even like. I'm gonna say it now because I mentioned it. Shrek and his family. 
ogres would not want to spend my time eating the random food. Oh, they no. Eat now you just crossed the line. You just violated the whole ogre community. That's Ricky's natural habitat. They're farting and burping everywhere. Yeah, Terrible. seriously. Terrible. If there's any ogres listening to this podcast, they're going to be really upset with you. Sorry, Shrek. Love your movies. Those, those may not be people Shrek. who should be wanting to make enemies with. Shrek, I'm a donkey, Shrek. <laughs> okay. All right, well, that does it. <laughs> no, no, wait, 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 wait. No, I, like, I had a couple more. I, oh, my oh, God. My how, God. Many times, how many times do you interrupt my family my from the fighter. Mark Wahlberg's family from the fighter. Oh, they terrible. suck. They are terrible. That was a good they one. They terrible. They are and awful. Then, uh, American Beauty, the Burnhams. The Burnhams would be terrible. You have like we the K we don't say his name and uh, his daughter their terrible relationship him the K word and his wife we don't say okay, their terrible relationship like they're just basically cheating on each other and then Lester is like obviously the K word is like trying to get with his daughter's friends so it's weird that is very weird yeah don't want to be a part of that all right any more honorable mentions before I wrap this up wrap it up this has gone on way too long. All right, so I think it's a consensus here that Nez has one top billing. It's time to wrap up the episode. Nope. Thank you for listening to the Drive-In Podcast, episode 12. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the Drive-In Pod and Instagram at the Drive-In Pod. You can also check out uh, snippets of us on YouTube, the Drive-In. All right, thanks so much, everybody, and uh, we will uh, smell you later. Smile. Peace. <laughs>